Hey yo ma, what's poppin' baby? Welcome back to another episode of Remixed. As always, I am your host, Sam Shipe, and today I am joined by... Blake Chapman. Go ahead, tell us about yourself, Blake. Let us know who you are and what's been on your playlist recently. Um, well, I am a junior uh, journalism news major here at Ball State, um, and I really just like getting involved talking about uh, entertainment. I'm the managing editor for Byte BSU. Um, I also host a radio show every Friday called Save to Quit on WCRD, talking about uh, video game news from that week. And I'm just really interested in speaking about uh, entertainment and specifically video game news just because um, that's sort of uh, entertainment sort of stratum that I, I find myself in a lot, but I really just having like having complex conversations about like different um, things like that and how it sort of meshes together with the rest of our world. Yeah, that's really cool. So what you been listening to recently, my guy? Um, I've been getting more into gorillas since the recent uh, song machine album dropped. There you um, go. just because like, a couple of the singles uh, that I heard off of that album, well, in in succession when they were releasing them before um, the album dropped, um, I really liked. So I picked that up recently, and I've uh, just actually today I've been going back and um, on my Spotify going through uh, the full uh, birth of Plastic Beach, which I've heard is like their absolute best album. That, that is their piece, they resistance. Um, and I I really. I'm interested in, in hearing more of them because it, it they were one of those bands that I know of, uh, very prolific people saying, oh, they're so ahead of their time, and now it's gotten to the point where it is their time and no one really does it as good as them. Exactly. Like, I think I think when people back then, like, I think a lot of people thought they were exaggerating. When people were like, oh, gorillas are ahead of their time, you know, they're just underappreciated, et cetera. And then people started to appreciate gorillas, mm-hmm. and it was like, it's so weird because they're obviously not quite mainstream. Yeah. But everyone knows who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it's like everyone's at least seen the characters. Yes. You know? Um, and, like, that in of itself is pretty unique and cool that, like, you can't think of what anyone who actually is in the band looks like, yeah. obviously. And I think that uh, the reason more so why uh, they might have not caught on in years past is just because, like, especially in the West, we don't have a really big sort of presence on like Vocaloid artists or um, uh, just just uh, virtual artists in general. So I think a lot of people are like, oh, it, it's just a bunch of cartoons singing. And it's like, no, I want to know who the real artist is. And it's like, but the, the whole point is to yeah. sort of give in to the idea of it. And I think um, now that uh, a lot more Vocaloid artists and uh, VTubers and what have you have gotten more popular over the years, we're at a point where it's like, okay, this is much more socially acceptable uh, wherever you're yeah, listening. Yeah, I from. think it. I think it kind of lends itself to kind of a culture shift yeah. where, like, being anonymous on the internet has kind of become a necessity for some people um, because we see like how like celebrities' lives obviously change when they get famous, but what about the ones that we don't see? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like. There's Swagger Souls from Misfits. If we're going in like the video game realm, yeah. um, and then people like Corpse, um, who has that one TikTok song and the super deep voice, which is really awesome. I love his voice. Um, I guess shout out Corpse, but like <laughs> it's kind of a thing, and I think it I think it lends itself a lot to um, like gaming YouTubers essentially yeah. because like 
you know, they they didn't need to show their faces. You mm -hmm. know, their voices were expressive enough or their character showed through, um, which is another way that the gorillas are so much ahead of their time because they are a faceless band. Well, faceless in the sense that you don't know who they are. Air quotes. Um, yeah, they obviously have the faces that they've created. Um, it kind of also reminds me a little bit of Slipknot. Yeah, um, yeah, because they are all wearing masks, like except for Corey Taylor. Who knows what anyone else in Slipknot looks like? And the only reason we know what Corey Taylor looks like is because he has a different band where he doesn't wear a mask. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I think it. I think it's definitely something that was ahead of its time, and to an extent, still is musically. Mm -hmm. I think the idea of a like a faceless musician isn't because there's you know especially. In America, it was so foreign to us. But yeah. then there's, in Japan, there's, like, Hatsune Miku, who's, mm -hmm. like, one of the biggest artists ever. Yeah. But, you know, it's not a person. And I think it, it also plays in the fact that someone like uh, Hatsune Miku is, or Vocaloids in general, are there, since they're technically computer programs, there's still that, like, cultural barrier there. But there's... An actual, at the end of the day, there's an actual person behind yeah. Gorilla's music. Whereas these are simply just, I guess, souls which that music sort of embodies and is, yeah. is played out through. Yeah, I mean, I th like obviously there's a gap between like Hatsune Miku, who for those that don't know, Hatsune Miku is like basically a computer generated anime looking girl um, who kind of gets projected out like, you know, with like holograms or just up on screens. Um, and she sings her songs, and she has concerts, but she's not real, like, physically real. Like, there is no Hatsune Miku. Um, and that's, like, there's other characters like that, and some of them have, like, voice actors behind them who do their voices and their singing. Other ones, their voices are completely computer-generated. Mm -hmm. um, and so, like, that's another step up the ladder. Yeah. But seeing acceptance for those types of music, like, obviously lends itself to, like, people being able to enjoy stuff like the gorillas yeah. where it's like it's faceless music but um like if you just watch any of their music videos like they're very deep they're very mm -hmm. much like the symbolism is all there and it's almost easier to understand yeah what, it's almost easier point. to convey the art yeah because they're not limited by like oh this is what a human body can do or exactly. oh this is like a real place that we can put someone that's like mm -hmm. no if we take it and we animate it and we let these characters just kind of be I don't know, just be the symbols, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, I know there's a lot of songs about, like, drug use, things like that, where it's, like, this... I think one music video was literally just, like, this is what an acid trip feels like to the people that were in the band. And it was, like, okay, wow. Like, that was a lot to take in. <laughs> you can't like, really do that ethically with a human being. No, you can't just, like... Yeah, and, and to try to portray that in a way while using real people, it's it's way more difficult because, you know hallucinogens don't care what you think reality is like um you know so that's that's its own thing and you know gorillas were and still are ahead of their time musically um i think the world's catching up to them when it comes to like what they've been like what it was that made them so different artistically yeah um obviously i think there's a lot of bands that are trying to catch up to what they're doing musically none have found a whole lot of success because it is it, it's a combination of all these things that make gorillas what they are and mm -hmm. make them so appreciated by the few people that have like really found them. So I guess low key shout out to gorillas. <laughs> um, you know, you were every hot topic kids, you know, you were their rock, <laughs> you know, it's like it almost felt like a secret club. If mm -hmm. you like saw someone else wearing like a gorillas hoodie and you were like, 
okay, that person's cool. <laughs> like, they listen to good music. <laughs> yeah. But to other people, it's just a cartoon character on a shirt. Mm-hmm. You know, they think, like, oh, what show is that from? And it's like, hmm. <laughs> what show I, is that from? Should I just tell them the gorillas? I don't know. Like, <laughs> It's sort yeah. of, it, it's also like, um, I know uh, Kanye West and Kid Cudi with uh, Kids See Ghosts. Um, like, mm-hmm. they're, they're sort of... Um, and I think they're, I don't know if they're still looking to do the TV show for that or if, if Gorillaz are trying to do a TV show uh, either way. But it's it's fun that that's sort of It's expanding. a fun concept. And, yeah. Um, you know, whether or not Kanye West can put out anything these days, at least with collaboration. I don't know if him and Cuddy are still cool mm-hmm. after everything that's been going on, but I don't know. I just, I don't know. Um, so what else have you been listening to? Um, well, uh... Cyberpunk 2077 comes out in 28 days. That's uh, what you think. That, mm, um, I that's what I hope for. They're gonna postpone it for the 50th time. Um, but I'm I'm really looking into uh, uh, sort of diving deeper into punk rock music, um, specifically more sort of industrial or uh, I don't know if cybernetic is the word. That's a weird one. But uh, stuff like Grimes or, or yeah. Daft Punk or um. A little more Ex- experimental. Yes, experimental yeah. uh, punk music that uses a lot more sort of um, computer-generated, you know, interesting yeah. instrumentation. A little more techno, a little yeah. more, a little more dancey, a little more. Yeah, I get, you, I get what you mean. Like, if you just, if you just imagine cyberpunk as music, then yeah, mm-hmm. uh, exactly. Yeah. Now you're kind of speaking my language because like punk is punk is where I got my roots. You know, mm-hmm. like I grew up on Beatles, Stones, like everybody else. Um, but the first like genre that I like fell in love with by myself was punk, mm-hmm. you know, like, and I started with like the old school, like nineties, like, <clears throat> or pre nineties, like sex pistols, like the British punk scene to the American punk scene with like green day, stuff like that. Um, that's kind of what brought me up. So I think the punk community is in one word insane. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like, you know, you say you like Grimes, et cetera. There's a lot of people in the punk community that can't stand Grimes. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that can't stand. Um, I think I think it's a super gay-kept community mm. um, where everyone thinks what they think is punk is punk and nothing else is punk. Kind of like the metal community as well. Yeah. Um, the metal community, I don't know. I see a lot more love between metal genres and the metal community because, like, you know, I've been to multiple punk shows where people have gotten booed off stage just because, like, they don't play real punk. Yeah. Where, like, in any metal show I've been to, even if I think the opening act sucks or it's not metal or it's some new thing or some kid that just, like, rolled out of bed, et cetera, mm-hmm. like, he still gets to play his set. We still yeah. clap for him. Like, mm-hmm. I may not be moshing during his set, mm-hmm. but he still gets a chance. Yeah. Um, And, you know, like, th- both communities are super gay-kept. I'm not mm-hmm. going to act like they're not. Um, Just because, like... People don't think that pop punk should be a thing. And to an extent, I understand if you take it on ideal, but we've talked about this on a previous episode of the podcast. You know, on ideal, pop and punk don't mesh, but Mm -hmm. obviously musically they do. Um, So I'm very much genres without borders. Yes, Um, exactly. You know, do whatever you want. And I think that uh, cyberpunk type music is really sick Mm -hmm. um, because I have a lot of respect for like dance music and like, electro music things like that so why not if it works it works you know the kids want disco mm-hmm. <laughs> um but yeah it's really cool grimes is really cool she's with elon musk kind of which is really weird because they're very 
different people. Yeah, it's like in a, in a cyberpunk world, Grimes is sort of the hero, and then everything else that Elon Musk represents would be the villain be or the antagonist villain. Yeah. of said world. But I also just enjoy like reading about her creative process that she produces, writes, sometimes even makes her album art. Yeah. Um, all, all just on our own, and it's like I think that's that's also really commendable. Any or commendable in a completely uh, other sort of area. Yeah, that's really sick. Art. And honestly, I'll probably listen to that whole soundtrack if the game ever comes out. We'll probably release the soundtrack before the game comes out. That that would make a lot of sense because it's probably the only part that's done. Um. Anyways, so you know, kind of bring us rope us back in. Today's topic is um little bit heavier a little bit heavier than uh some recent ones but it's uh it's basically about you know musicians taking part in the political discourse um you know who they're endorsing um what they do inside their mediums so like inside their music and then outside of their mediums like on their other platforms um whether that's social media or like personal activism uh things like that so we're going to be talking about a lot of that stuff um so yeah stay Stay with us on this, but the first topic is going to be protest songs, um, because I believe this is one of the most important facets of um, political, I guess, honestly, discourse. Like I think, I think because it proves that there is political discourse out there, and it, it kind of a lot of times it's what gives a voice to people that wouldn't otherwise have one. Yeah. Um, I think one of the earliest protest songs that we can like you know, kind of pull out is going to be like F the Police by NWA. I know everyone wants me to say the full title. I don't want to lose my podcast, so I'm not <laughs> going to. Um, but yeah, it's very much, you know, that was, it was about, you know, police brutality mm -hmm. and people not wanting to, you know, stand for it anymore, calling out, um, you know, black police officers for, you know, continuing, complying with, complying the, with system. the system um, and listening to like, you know, the quote-unquote white cops, you know, um, and just kind of falling in line, and it called out a lot of problems, and mm -hmm. it, it very much, it sparked a lot of issues in and yeah. of itself. It got, you know, NWA on the FBI's radar, you know, <laughs> it got them arrested in some cities was just that, for playing the song. Was that also the album that started the parental advisory warnings as well? Yeah, yeah, that was, it had a big hand in that, mm -hmm. um, which is really funny because they had a song called Parental Discretion, um, I think it might have been parental discretion is advised, but it's like, yeah, it's just them saying like, yeah, this music ain't for kids. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, like you didn't need a sticker to tell you that. Mm. But yeah, they, they had a big hand in that. They had a big hand in a lot of, I think, kind of igniting change. Mm -hmm. um, and if you want to like get a little bit more insight on that type of stuff, go watch the movie Straight Outta Compton. It's all about um, NWA. And of course, it was made by them. So it probably has a little bit more glorification sent their way. But for the most part, it's a great movie and it tells a great story, um, a great American story. You yes. know, if you live in America, Absolutely. I think I think you owe it to um, the other communities that are around you to watch that and educate yourself. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And then, you know, a more recent one being, you know, FDT, same for F Donald Trump by uh, YG and Nipsey Hussle. Obviously, R.I.P. Nipsey Hussle, a legend. Um, if you don't know who he is, I don't know what you're doing. Um, clearly, you don't listen to hip hop at all. Um, but yeah, he's a he was a big big inspiration to the same sort of the same community that NWA was. Um, you know, Crenshaw and Compton. 
you know, hand in hand there, but it was, and it's, you know, and it, this song has gone way back up in the charts recently, you know, for obvious reasons, yes. you know, um, people clearly don't like Donald Trump, you know, it's a very divided nation mm-hmm. in that regard. Um, but when it's 50% of the population agrees with you and you have a song, it's all about, you know, hating this the person other, that you obviously view, don't yeah. like. Yeah. Um, you know, so that song, it meant a lot to a lot of people when it came out just cause it was just like, okay, yeah, this is our anthem now. Like we hate this guy that just got elected, mm-hmm. you know, but we have to deal with him. Mm-hmm. And I remember being in high school, um, and like, I think it was, it was like a Monday morning. Like everyone was super groggy and two kids on skateboards, no less, like, <laughs> like rolled down the hall with these two, like, I don't know if they were Beats pills, but they were like big portable speakers. Like JBLs or something. Yeah. Something like that. Something expensive. I don't know. <laughs> there are a lot of rich kids in my school um, and they were just blasting FDT. Um, I think they probably got in school suspension or something. I don't know. Well, that is punk. But yeah, uh, that's pretty punk. That's rock. pretty punk. Yeah, that's you know, yeah. If I can, if I can say that anyone else did anything that was punk rock in my high school, that was definitely one of the mm-hmm. things. Um, and then you know, there's other genres, of course. You know, hip hop wasn't the only one to do it. Um, one of the best protest songs ever, I think, is probably "American Idiot" yeah. by Green Day. If you disagree, you're wrong. It launched <clears throat> a musical that yeah. is also incredibly good. Yeah, it's. The, I mean, I mean, just the amount of like little digs that they have in at the administration that was at hand then. Um, that whole album basically was just about growing up in post nine eleven America, um, and so it obviously like resonates with a lot of people, uh, myself included. Mm. I was and low key am obsessed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not me having the American idiot Chuck Taylors or anything. Definitely, definitely not me. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, it's very, like, it's very important. Like, I think that song's super important for just, like, how the younger generation really felt in that moment of, like, you know, we're at war with terror, quote-unquote, but are we? Like, we, there's so many conflicting things that we're being told as we're growing up. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and to, to date myself personally, I was not even a year old when the Twin Towers went down. Yeah. And so I'm growing up being like, why is everyone freaking out? You know, why, you know, why is it ingrained in my head to be afraid of Iraq? Mm-hmm. You know, and that was what I that's what I grew up thinking was that like, oh, no, Iraq's out to get us. We didn't we didn't know anything previously to that. So exactly. We had, we had no it's the sort of it, it's a lot like um, like you could say it now. Well, you could give it perspective now. Of course, we've been through pandemics before in the United States and across the world. But. Uh, especially with like how much more digitized we are now, this could be the moment where it's like, you know, the first 19, 20 years of our lives are a completely different experience from where we're headed now. And kids that are born like this year or were born in 2019 aren't going to know any better from that point of view. And I would really uh, probably going to be a lot of like new punk genre stuff that's brought up just because of like, Precisely. Like, I think that we're going to see something culturally relevant to them just as much as, you know, American Idiot was mm-hmm. to me and uh, to our generation. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's something that it obviously can't be ignored. It shouldn't be ignored Yeah. Um, when it comes to these things. Like, I think, if anything, whatever administration is at hand, whether it's a Democratic, Republican, 
um, whatever administration it is, if there's a protest song, especially if it's gained any traction, I think it lends itself for the administration to listen to and mm -hmm. like take that into heart. Like obviously it's resonating with people. Mm -hmm. These people like like they feel this pain or they yeah. feel this these just sheer emotions mm -hmm. from these songs. And that's what a lot of these songs do, like, you know, killing in the name um, by Rage Against the Machine or, you know, even like another recent one, This Is America. You know, no one listened to This Is America and didn't go talk about it to like 10 people the Especially, next day. Especially, or even just watch the music video and not yeah. go talk about it to 10 people. Exactly. You want to talk about symbolism in a music video. Oh my gosh. There's like so many videos on YouTube where people take like three hours to just dissect that video. Yes. Um, and just like to take it all in and to, and, you know, for the fact that no administration has really acknowledged it, um, that's what kind of gets on my nerves because like I think music is some of the purest art out there, yeah. especially when people are coming by it honestly. Mm -hmm. You know, like, you know, now if an artist goes out and says, you know, F Donald Trump, that's a bandwagon, mm -hmm. you know, like are they coming by it honestly or are they saying it because they know that tweet's going to get 30,000 likes, mm -hmm. you know? It's, it's, he's an easy scapegoat. And that's, you know, I saw the joke where it's like, oh, now comedians are going to have to find new jokes because they've just been saying Orange Man is bad for four years. Yeah. Um, but no, like, they had jobs before Trump. What do you expect is going to happen now? Um, but yeah, it's like, are they coming by it honestly? Like, he's, he's an easy gag, you know? Mm -hmm. It's always easy to just make a Trump joke. It's always easy to make a joke about whoever's president at the time. You know, thanks Obama mm -hmm. was a big one. <laughs> um, you know, sometimes when I drop something, I still say it, you know. Um, just longing for those days. <laughs> um, wow, it, thanks Obama, tear rolls down <laughs> eye. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, it's it's something that I would like to see more of, you know. Like, I like seeing when people in power listen, you know, even if it's just... You know, even if it's a movie company, you know, listening to people like for the freaking Sonic movie, right? Um, like this is a dumb little segue, but like that studio listened to people. They were like, "This isn't, this isn't right. You need to fix this." And they were like, "Oh, the, this mass of people is saying that like this isn't right. Maybe we should listen first. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's what um, a lot of administrations kind of lacked is they didn't, the people didn't feel heard." Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's hard to make everyone feel heard, but at the same time to not respond when there are, like, loads of people, you know, backing something, even if it's a song, you know. Even if Trump would have came back with another diss track, you know, <laughs> like, honestly, respect to that. Like, come back at, come back at him, you know. Drop, drop a fire mixtape, Trump. I'm, like... You only got you only got a few more months in office. Why do I want spend that time why in the studio? Why do I actually want to hear that now? Because it would it would either be really funny because it'd be really bad, or he would surprise us all and it would be amazing. And like, I'm here for either outcome. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just it's something like you know, I think political protest songs matter. I mm -hmm. think that they have a place, and I think that they're super important. And I think that you know, if the administration felt that same way, any administration, like I said. Um, you know, and Joe Biden takes that seat, probably, um, you know, whatever we're saying then, I hope that he listens to it as well. You know, this isn't, this isn't, I'm not trying to bash Trump. That's no, not the point of this podcast. Yeah. The point of this podcast is to bring attention to, um, musicians being involved in politics and mm -hmm. the ways in which they do that. And one of the biggest ways they do that is through their mediums, which happens to typically be protest songs mm -hmm. or disses in other songs. Mm -hmm. Um, and I so, definitely yeah. think that 
music has all like you mentioned your your voice being heard like it's music that's the way yeah. that we have just as a you know group of people on this little blue marble have found a way to create a universal language of sort of that that goes beyond borders and beyond cultures and whatever so that you can describe uh lyrically or instrumentally how you're sort of feeling about things um and and that is uh the definite sort of uh biggest point when it comes to these discussions uh as for a little tinfoil hat conspiracy theory uh you mentioned like the sonic movie and a lot of the the um discussion around when that first trailer dropped like late 2019 people were like this looks awful oh is this the you conspiracy that this? they had it like they that had like they, the good version yes anyway, that they yeah. showed off because from other things that i've heard uh that single trailer was the air quotes only ver only filming that they had ever done of the movie or at the only sort of version that they had like that design of sonic in so like there is no version of the sonic the hedgehog movie that has that god-awful looking sonic in it the only one is with the good one so there's the theory that they released this awful one to get people talking they obviously know people are going to be pissed off because it again looks awful and then they come out and be like hey we're sorry we're gonna we're gonna go back to the drawing board and fix this that ramps up hype for the movie yeah of, okay what's this actually gonna look like it looks phenomenally better and pe more people go see the movie um again to me that would make sense that's mm -hmm. obviously not conclusive evidence or whatever but um you could you could say the same thing about like um uh, any sort of other like drumming up support for something, whether it be through a, through a movie or an online movement or whatever, it's like yeah, or politics in or general. Politics. Like whether you say that like, oh, this is what my tax plan is going to look like, and then you get half the Americans be like, oh, I want that tax plan, and then when you get in office, you, you your tax plan is way different. Or you say it's like, oh, you know, this is how I'm going to go about doing something. Everyone says why like that is yeah. completely different from what i wanted and your approval and then, rating goes down you're yep. like okay i'm gonna change it and then it works and, in and then the your long approval term, rating is higher than it ever would exactly. have exactly yeah exactly um and i think that makes a lot of sense i don't know if i believe that about the sonic movie i've heard that <laughs> i like i think it's possible obviously um but i would like to believe that my voice was heard which means <laughs> that i fell for it exactly um, <laughs> if that's true um, but we played just... the long con universal exactly so now we're going to kind of um, caveat into um, the next topic which is kind of like participation um, in politics or in protest is um, more relevant in 2020 um, obviously with you know Black Lives Matter Black Lives Matter my bad um, and like all the civil unrest that's just kind of happened this year that sparked all kinds of protests um, and then like kind of what we see during that, because like, mm -hmm. obviously all, like all the ones that are feigning support and actually supporting are technically on the same team, but are they, mm -hmm. you know, are, is what the, is what certain people doing enough, I guess is what I'm trying mm -hmm. to say. Um, it, it really depends. Um, for me, uh, I think that like, um, is it is it sort of 
the the authenticity of whatever you're going exactly. for is definitely key. Um, I believe that you know the Black Lives Matter movement specifically has been something that's been going on for really off and on the la or has been off and on in the news cycle uh, for really the last six years since 2014 um, in the Ferguson protests. Uh, I think we're at a point now. Since 2014. So long uh, yeah, yeah, it does. Um, I think that we're at a point now, especially considering how the election's gone and how the last administration has gone, uh, doing the bare minimum is no longer really an option if you want to enact legitimate change. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, you're like, I don't think that you should be obligated to sort of do something exactly else. But I think that if you have the influence, monetary or otherwise, to make people speak up or make you know politicians go for legislation and readjust the way that everyone is living, um, I think that that's absolutely paramount. If you yeah. if you really care about that, then why just sit on your hands and sort of Say like, and just oh, tweet. that sucks. Yeah. Exactly. Um, like, I think some parallels that I kind of want to draw is like, um, so like there's Cardi B, right? And she's been claiming that she's been like, you know, going after um, prison reform, things like that since the jump, right? And she has been tweeting about it quite a bit um, ever since it started, uh, ever since she started to, at least, ever since she kind of got popular. Mm. Um, and yeah, that's true. However... Where was she during the protests? Where was she? You know, her boots weren't on the ground, so yeah. to speak. Um, but then there's like other artists, and you know, like I, people know I love to trash Cardi B. You know, nothing against her. Actually, well, a lot of things against her music. <laughs> her as a person, you know, she's done some messed up things. Um, and you know, I'm not here to judge her person. I'm here to judge her her music. And in this case, you know, what she's done. Um, to kind of put her money where her mouth is when she talks about, you know, civil unrest. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's other artists that, you know, they they went out and they protested with the people. They led peaceful protests. They led the marches. Um, like Machine Gun Kelly, uh, who I also seem to bring up a lot. I'm sorry. It's just <laughs> that he's relevant in this scenario because he's been getting more and more relevant. Um, yeah, he had his boots on the ground during a peaceful protest. And, you know, he made a cover of Rage Against the Machine killing in the name and he used all that footage um, at the protest. Like, he was literally leading marches. He was, like, waving signs. He was, you know, kind of getting up in other people's grills. You know, he was very adamant. Like, um, he had one speech kind of that I think he posted on social media. It was like, you know, you know, if you look like me and you have racism in you, like, if you have that hate in your heart, like, I don't want you listening to my music. I don't want you watching my movies. You know, I don't need you. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, some people think that that's, you know, alienation. Mm -hmm. And I say good, um, personally. Like, I think if you're going to stand for a cause, you should put your money where your mouth is. That's yeah. my opinion. And I think that, like, obviously, like, going to marches is not the absolute end-all, be-all thing you could do. So, no. like, let's say, like, if we were using Cardi B, for example. Cardi B wants to get some more influence on prison reform in the United States. Button topic that really needs to be taken care of um, very soon in a nation that has the most the highest population of incarcerated citizens the world over, um, and highest she, incarceration rate. She could yeah. go to you know, Capitol Hill and speak in front of the Senate, or 
uh, go even in her home state of New York and speak about incarceration rates there at her state representative yeah. or whatever. Uh, I will give her some credit. She did interview Bernie Sanders yes. at one point. Um, you know, like obviously that's, you know, that I think that means a lot more than just a regular tweet, mm-hmm. obviously. Like she's going out of her way to sit down with, at that point, you know, a president, a future presidential candidate mm-hmm. um, and talk about things that she thinks is important for the culture, for... Um, you know, people that are, you know, just kind of dissatisfied mm-hmm. with how the country's been run and how and the state of the world itself. Right. Um, so I'll give her that credit, you mm-hmm. know, let it be said, I defended her to an extent. Um, but there's still a lot of artists that, you know, they think it's okay to just sit in their room and sing Imagine to some people on Twitter and that's it, you know? And it's sort of, uh, it, it goes off of um, the idea that it's like, you know, you bring up the MGK example, saying, like, you know, if you feel this way about this entire group of people, I'm going to be fine if you just don't give me money anymore. Yeah. And I feel like there is, you know, obviously no ethical consumption under capitalism. Um, it's, you shouldn't be, if you're an artist and you're like, oh, I'm going to lose a lot of money if, if this happens. No, you won't. Like, let, like there's been there's been bad press about a bunch of other things that have happened in the past. Or people saying, or pundits saying, oh, you, you shouldn't watch this, you shouldn't do this because they said X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Obviously, that's not, that's not how it's going to work. And I don't think that um, this whole argument of, oh, you should stick to what you know best. I think that's more of moving the goalpost. I think um, yeah, I think saying like stick to what you know best, that type of that that type of mentality is super toxic and it limits itself because then we can't have those conversations. Exactly. People can't become educated. Like I don't know how educated Cardi B really is, but her going out of her way to speak to experts or to speak to presidential candidates and learn these things mm-hmm. and learn how it works and then now she has a platform and she's better educated, that's the best of both yeah. worlds. Um, in that scenario, and you know, you can argue whether or not she's getting her information from a biased source or not. There's no such thing as an unbiased source. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it, it, it lends itself, you know, to politics, to everything. You know, there are a lot of um, artists out there that really made me mad because they were like, "Oh, if you if you don't make music, you have no right being a music critic." And I'm like, that's like saying if but you cons- aren't Gordon Ramsay, you shouldn't be a food critic. Or, or you shouldn't cook. Yeah. Or, like, oh, if you don't know how to play games, then you can't, like, review a game. Yeah. Where it's oh, like, if you're not a professional speedrunner, who are you to tell me if the new Mario game's good or not? It's like, I'm still consuming it, so I yeah. have a general idea of what's good about it or not. Because, I mean, and especially when it comes to... Um, any kind of art. Any kind of art. Or even, like, as, as we sort of blur the line between, like, oh, this stratum of, you know, state or federal representatives versus like common people if if the struggles of the common person if they're not being heard and they can't bring it up without someone on broadcast television saying that oh this is wrong and whatever and celebrities and athletes can't bring it up because they're out of line because they're not doing what they're paid to do does do we do we just exist in a vacuum where politicians are really the only people that are allowed to speak about this, or they're the only voice we can have? Because exactly. we've seen how we've seen how well that goes in the past, and yeah. continues to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think especially when you have an artist that you know comes from nothing and knows what it's like to be there, mm-hmm. um, 
I think those are the ones where like when they lift their voice, like, hey, this is what those people are actually feeling. Because, you know, coming up pretty privileged myself, you know, I didn't know what quote unquote poor people actually felt. I was like, oh, that sucks that they're poor, but it's their fault, right? Mm. You know, that was, you know, what I was raised on. It was like, you know, you make your own way in life. And, you know, to an extent that's correct, but Mm -hmm. it's also, you know, you can't help the situation in which you're born into. Mm -hmm. Um, And that comes with its advantages and disadvantages for everybody. But for some people, the disadvantages really outweigh the advantages. Yeah, especially, like... And then when you take into, like, like, I don't know. I don't really want to say, like, if we talk about, like, the differences between Biggie and Tupac, because it's, like, obviously they both were going to have trouble, you know, when they were born. Mm -hmm. And then if you look at the big differences in how how they were brought up themselves... You know, Tupac being brought up as more of a, like, classically trained artist and, like, having a passion for the arts um, versus Biggie, who literally, like, just sold crack instead of going to school and just didn't tell his mom. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's very different takes on Hood Mentality, Mm -hmm. which is another Ice Cube song, um, which is honestly one of my favorite protest songs ever. Have you ever heard it? Mm -mm. Okay, so Hood Mentality... Um, kind of coined by Ice Cube in that moment because um, people had said it before. Like, you know, it's obviously, like, it was it was a term beforehand of, like, oh, you're from the hood, so you got that hood mentality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it's basically about, like, he's growing up in Compton, right? Mm-hmm. He's growing up in one of the most, like, poorly treated neighborhoods to ever exist ever, really. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a large black community uh, being suppressed by racist cops, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and suppressed by pretty much everyone, mm-hmm. um, or oppressed is a better word for it. Um, and he talks about you know these kids growing up in the hood, and you know what's it like to try to tell that kid that all his life, you know, you, he's known that you don't need school. You know, you can go deal drugs. That's an option. Mm-hmm. Or if you want to make it, if you really want to make it out, you have to be a professional athlete. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to you have to be the next Tiger Woods or yeah. Michael Vick. Mm-hmm. Um, both horrible examples in hindsight, <laughs> but at the time they were like you know the top of their game. Yeah. Um, I think uh, yes. another artist that gets into that a lot is um, Kendrick Lamar specifically. Oh, for sure. Um, I mean, like, I, we're all they're all from the same area. They're all too. from the same place too, and it because it, it in his music specifically he talks a lot about like. How does, how does growing up, uh, just the experience of growing up as someone black in the United States, and how all of these sort of like just just displaying like this is my reality, like this is what I had to experience every day, and I think like specifically if we look at an example of the African American community in the United States. Um, one quote that I wrote down here was um, uh, Chuck D from Public Enemy, one of the most famous quotes that he's ever said, talking about the influence of rap and hip-hop, is that rap is black America CNN. The issues and the, the things that are really impacting that community of people that then across the country um, en masse through their own lens, is brought to the forefront because yeah. of the subject matter of rap and hip-hop. Yeah, and it's just, it's it's something like, you know, and this is 
a little bit airing on more protest songs like side, but it is it's part of that community, and mm-hmm. it's it's a community that like really has no other caveat to being heard. Mm-hmm. You know, like that is it is their CNN, right? Mm-hmm. Like this is how um, Black Americans kind of feel for each other. It's you know they hear it from each other, and you know the problem is though it's their CNN, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's that's the separation there. Yeah. It's their CNN. You know, they're not, you know, those things aren't being set on CNN and mm-hmm. definitely not Fox News. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we aren't seeing that on, you know, major broadcasting, you know, and that's partly a lot of people's fault, but mm-hmm. it's also just the way America is currently. The, the um, stereotypical white dominant majority. Yeah. Um, and again, I'm not here to bash any, you know, political party, et cetera. That's not what I'm here for. What I'm here for is, you know, talking about musicians and their place in politics Mm -hmm. and what is their place? Because, you know, clearly they're not politicians unless they become politicians, Um, which, you know, I see a lot of artists having that option now Mm -hmm. um, because they've been so active. Um, It wouldn't be far-fetched for me to see someone that, you know, I listen to now as my president years from now. you know, sure, like, I bet no one thought Ronald Reagan would have ever been a president. He was just an actor, right? Same thing with Donald um, Trump. Yeah, but for some reason, people were like, they're politically active enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wouldn't be so surprised if my president one day was, like, a Kendrick Lamar. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'd, I'd probably vote for him. I don't know. Depending on it, on yeah. what else is depending on his platform. Depending on a bunch of other stuff. You know, yeah, like depending, clearly. He has to have a, a good platform and I have to believe in what he's saying to vote for him just like any other candidate. But, you know, it's not that far-fetched when you mm-hmm. think about it at the end of the day. Um, these could be the next wave of quote-unquote celebrity politicians. You know, a lot of people were trying to get Oprah to run against mm-hmm. Donald Trump and I think that would have been disastrous. But, um, you know, it's... You know, we've had celebrity presidents before, and especially if they're going out of their way to learn now and mm-hmm. to be active now politically, you know, I think it's setting up for something bigger in the future for it, their influence. And it tends to happen a lot, especially in the music community, just because yeah. sort of protest anthems. And I think, like, one thing that, that's so important about... Um, just this, the impact of, of protest songs and that participation is they stand as sort of a central figure to get behind as well as being chunks of a larger message. So, like, who's to say a movie or a TV show or a game could represent the same sort of um, ideas that, mm-hmm. that protest songs and protest music brings to the forefront? But because music tends to be such more easily digestible that gives it so much more impact and importance yeah i mean especially in like i think there's a lot of like obvious symbolism in a lot of different music um but but then when you take something as raw as rap Mm -hmm. or reality rap gangster rap whatever you want to call it you know where it's yes there's wordplay but they're telling you exactly how they feel they're telling you exactly what they see they're telling you exactly what they've done and will and won't do because the lyrics matter so much more um because it is just lyrics over a beat. Mm-hmm. And so your lyrics, they either have substance or they don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if they don't, then you just focus on the beat. But if they do have substance, people are going to grip onto them hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've seen that. Um, so then when it comes to like, you know, actual participation for these people that, you know, whether they're 
hip-hop artist or they're, you know, like an Ariana Grande or a Taylor Swift? Like, is it enough for them to just, you know, say, here's who I'm endorsing? And this is like kind of kind of segueing into the next topic of like celebrity endorsements of specific politicians and like their participation. Like, do would we even see it as genuine if we saw like Ariana Grande like walking the streets? Because that's the thing that a lot of people said when they were when a lot of um, influences were influencers, not influences, influencers were going out um, and like holding signs and stuff. It was like, oh, they probably held the sign for 30 seconds, got a photo op and left. And that's true for some of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really sucks because, you know, obviously it's just for clout. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, no one wants to see that. I don't care if you agree with them or not. It's disingenuous. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you come by your beliefs, honestly, I'm more willing to listen to you, even if I completely disagree with you. Exactly. Um, like, you know, I could sit down with a white supremacist and have that conversation. I don't want to, but I I would, if he, if he came by it honestly, and he was trying to explain himself, I would sit there and listen. But, you know, if it was just, you know, he goes and to take a photo op because he wants to look cool for his buddies, suddenly I don't want to talk to him. And that also just seems very weird. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to pick a group to get clout off of, that's probably not the best, you know, example. But it's the same example of, like, you know, what's the polar opposite, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, No matter what, if you don't come by it honestly, I don't respect you. Um, And so, like, that's that's how I feel about a lot of those influencers and stuff like that. That's why it's like, I want proof that they were there. I want proof they were marching with the people. Mm -hmm. I want them to come out with a statement kind of like MGK, which was – you know, arguably polarizing, like maybe he lost some fans, but he's going to be more popular in the long run for it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I you think... know, and that, that's another thing that I think should be reassuring to a lot of these artists is like, you know, if you're if you're speaking out on the right side of history, obviously you're not going to get canceled. And even mm-hmm. if you're not, you probably still aren't going to get canceled because there's people like Sakashi 69 whose numbers are still doing great mm-hmm. despite the fact that he has, you know, disrespected a dead person in the last week. His numbers still went up. You know, he disrespects everybody in the game. He, you know, snitches on people, whether or not that's part of your moral code. Um, no bad know. press is bad press. Exactly. And his numbers are doing better than they ever have. And he like he's dropped off the face of the earth except to, like, come back and diss a dead guy. <laughs> and his numbers are still doing fine. I, I, de- like, I definitely, um, and this is something, it, it's weird because I don't know why I'm latching on to this piece of advice. But it reminds me of something that my mom often tells me where it's, um, if you're going to do something nice for someone, whether you know them or not, and you're just doing it so that you can get your name out there or you can, like, get some promotion off of it, then don't do it at all. Do it without the expectation that people are going to notice. Like, Mm -hmm. do it just anonymously if you're going to do that. And I think, you know, since celebrities have become such uh, greater public figures within the last few decades, um, they don't really have that luxury anymore. Yeah, um, they can't just go to a protest and protest as themselves, you know? Exactly. Um, like, Pete Buttigieg did that, and then no one was, everyone was like, wait, Pete Buttigieg was at a protest? Who? Th- what? Because he didn't post about it. Someone mm-hmm. else took a picture of him there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, maybe that was part of it, because it did seem more genuine, right? Yeah. If, um, if Ariana Grande went out and protested, 
and didn't post anything about it. And someone else is like, I saw Ariana Grande at the protest. Look how genuine she is and honest. Like, she's doing this because she cares. That could also, like, kind of like the Sonic conspiracy, that might have been her plan the whole time, you know? Maybe. Um, you know, obviously, I don't think a lot of people would do that, but it's possible. And mm-hmm. I'm always going to be skeptical of people because... I've met some very disingenuous people. Mm-hmm. I've met very disingenuous people in the music industry that want to seem like they care about their fans. You know, they always say they love their fans, which is a very blanket statement. You mm-hmm. don't know me. Like, you don't love me. You don't know mm-hmm. me, et cetera. Um, so at that same point, it's like, you know, I want I want it to feel genuine, but at the end of the day, I'm not going to know. So you might as well go all out. Yeah. I um, think, And I think if those causes or candidates that they are pulling for or whomever they're pulling for if they're actually coming to fruition through their power, their means, then it really does matter. Um, and there are people who are going to find it just as trendy to put hashtag BLM in, you know, or other stuff in their or Twitter post bio. A bl- like or a black, black square screen. Or whatever. Yeah. Um, and it's a little bit of dark comedy to slowly but surely see that disappear as BLM or other movements exit the news cycle. Yeah, when it's seen as a fad. But these you know. are real things that affect real people, mm-hmm. and they should be taken seriously regardless. Yeah, and then there's people – so, like, you know, you kind of hinted at it, but, like, why are they endorsing these people? Mm-hmm. Why are they, you know, at the very least feigning support for something? Mm-hmm. You know, why? What's what's the in? Is it for clout? Mm-hmm. Is it for, you know, et cetera? Like, you know, is it is it to make themselves look good? Is it for clout? Um, and I think in some cases that it is. Um, you know, I think a lot of like, you know, more centrist celebrities have picked a side because it makes them look better. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I feel kind of bad for Chris Pratt because he kind of got dogged on because he wouldn't just outright say, like, I'm endorsing Biden Harris. You know, he didn't say he supported Trump. He just didn't say he supported Biden Harris and people tried to cancel him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously it has nothing to do with music, um, but that's just one example of like, you know, it's. It kind of goes both ways, where mm-hmm. it's like if they don't say anything, they're in danger. If they do mm-hmm. say something, um, they could alienate half the U.S. essentially mm-hmm. at this point. Um, but yeah, I want to talk a little bit about some artists where it's like you wouldn't have expected them to endorse, you know, Trump or whatever. Because um, like I think you know, obviously, you would expect a lot of country artists to support Trump. You know, it fits the, their fan demographic, mm-hmm. um, so it makes business sense for Which them. I, I, I get it. I like some country music. I do like some country music. I going, like old country music. But going by, you know, the the stereotypical demographic, it does make sense. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, there's rappers like 50 Cent, Lil Wayne, Lil Pump. You know, Lil Pump shows up at a MAGA rally, and Trump introduced him as Lil Pimp, which I thought was so funny. <laughs> like, that was hysterical. I just, I it, it was, I thought it was also funny just, just seeing him. In, in a MAGA hat, standing there, just looking very confused, probably not exactly sure where he was. And then just going up and saying MAGA 20, 20, 20, 20, 20. Like, he said, like, ten times, I think. I don't know. It was so weird. Um, but it was just, like, it's very obvious that these artists, like, the artists that I just named, because some of them have outright said it, and then other ones it's just kind of obvious, um, where they're they've just been, like, it's very much about Joe Biden's tax plan, mm-hmm. um, which for people in New York State, New York City, California, and I forget, there's like one or two other states where it's if you earn above $400,000, um, you're taxed at 60% for everything above the $400,000. Um, and 50 Cent was like, I'm not paying that. Go <laughs> Trump. And I was like, 
You know what? At least he's like, at least he comes by honest. I respect that to that's, an extent. That's one reason why. Yeah. It's an honest reason. Um, it's an honest reason, but it's also a selfish reason, mm-hmm. to be completely fair. Exactly. Um, and I think a lot of people that are at his level, you know, I think, you know, and John Legend, he was on some broadcast. I forget what it was. Um, but he kind of like, and some of your former favorite rappers, you know, think it's okay. And it was like, it was very obvious dig at Lil Wayne. Um, and like 50 Cent, like those people who, um, you know, are doing it for obviously selfish reasons. Like, you know, endorsing someone because you want to keep your money, I get it, mm-hmm. but you're a millionaire, mm-hmm. you know? And people can argue whether or not 50 Cent's a millionaire because he's lost his money like a million times. Um, so he's, who knows his financial status currently? Um, but you know why are people like why why people support someone is so much more important than just them supporting them in my mind like finding out why because mm-hmm. obviously we all expect Kid Rock to be a Trump supporter he's loud angry white and just rude mm-hmm. um, but if someone that's, like if someone yeah. like Kid Rock supported like Biden Harris then you would really want to know the yeah why. I'd want to know like hey what's his reasoning and if it's something to do with a tax plan if it's something to do with whatever I want to know why mm-hmm. so like when I found out like oh Lil Wayne supporting Trump why mm-hmm. like you know because it's not expected like you know um, and maybe that's an inherent bias that we have ourselves um, mm-hmm. like there was the one lady that kind of went viral because she's like and I had to remind him that he was black so he couldn't like Trump and I was like. Oh, that's so cringe. But there, um, there are people who are African American that voted for Trump. So. There's, there's a lot of them. Yeah, or not. Well, I don't want to say a lot because I don't know how many. Mm. Um, but you know, there's a decent amount that are pretty loud about it too. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, again, I'm not trying to bash Trump. I'm not trying to endorse Biden. That's absolutely not what I'm doing here. Um, <laughs> the votes are have already been counted. Whoever I endorse, it wouldn't matter anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, it wouldn't matter anyway because no one listens to this podcast. It's fine. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. Uh, <laughs> Thanks for listening. Uh, I love you. But, yeah, it's just it's one of those things where, um, you know, why are they supporting them is so much more important. And if it's for selfish reasons, then that should tell you a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like, do these, imp- like, I don't know. It's just, it's it's enlightening to see yeah. how people change in those situations. Mm-hmm. Um you know, like, because people that, like, would have been, quote-unquote, voices for the streets, you know, now they're like, oh, I'm going to vote for someone just because they're going to tax my millions, mm-hmm. you know? And it's, like, that's a very privileged point to be at, you know, to be able to say, like, I'm going to vote for this person because my millions matter more than whatever Human else life. is on, yeah, whatever else is on the docket, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and... You gotta weigh that out, no matter. Yeah, it's it's no really enlightening, and to then also take that to your millions of supporters, who will probably not gain any benefit from what happens when you when that person wins, mm-hmm. if that person wins, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just really interesting to see, like you know, and how vocal. Like th- I think 2016, 2020 have been huge for seeing, like you know, celebrities break their silence, like you know politically mm-hmm. you know even people from like other countries celebrities that are british etc they've like been trying to weigh in which personally i won't listen to them because you don't know america you know, like i don't know i feel like it's not their place mm. um in that situation that's my opinion mm. you know i think everyone has a place to say what they want but at the end of the day i'm not going to really listen 
to them when it comes to American politics yeah. um, because they haven't grown up in it. Mm-hmm. You know, they haven't lived in it. They haven't, you know, they haven't had the growth of someone who you know, grows up in America. They've had different growth that's probably equally as respectable, but at the same time, you know, they don't know what it's like to live in America. They only know what America looks like from their perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not really going to listen to Harry Styles or um, Conor McGregor. You know, Conor McGregor is a huge Trump supporter. Harry Styles, big Biden supporter. They're both not from the U.S. and they try to say that you know he's the worst president in America's history or he's the best president in America's history. I don't know how much they really You've know. Never lived American history. That's yeah, the, you haven't. Know. Well, like I haven't, I've only lived twenty years of American history, and I don't think I know much. Yeah, um, it's like if it's like if one of us were to say like, "Oh, Boris Johnson's the worst prime minister in the history of the United Kingdom." It's like, okay, I could look at all of the perspectives from people who have grown up in the United Kingdom, or uh, authors from Britain, or yeah. news articles from the Guardian, or whatever. But I, I that experience, I'm still I've not going to understand had. exactly. Yeah, and you know, I don't know if how much Boris really gets as far as public support, but it's fine. Uh, it may or may not be fine, actually. I don't know. Um, but it's, yeah, it's like I think I think it's more important to look into um, why they support who they support, you know, because I think a lot of people are just like, oh, I really like this artist. You know, I really like these artists, and they're telling me to support X person. It's like, okay, well, how am I different from this artist in why they're supporting this person? Mm. Clearly, I don't make millions. You know, if I made millions, I wouldn't be here right now. I wouldn't <laughs> be recording this podcast for five people to listen to. Mm. Again, thanks, mom. Uh, <laughs> you know, I would I would be a very different place right now. Um, and you know, maybe I would vote for someone different. Who knows? Um, but that's not my situation. Um, but I think it's very interesting to see, like. Because then there's people like Cardi B, who I'm actually going to kind of defend, who, you know, endorsed Biden Harris because she wanted to see the change in prison reform or other things like socially. Like she, I think her tweet said something like, I think Joe gets it um, when it comes to the black community. And I don't know if he does. You know, I, I don't know if either of the candidates did or do. I don't know. And that's not for me to know, really. You know, I can go off my best speculation, but I didn't I have not lived my life as a black American. I don't know what that's like. I don't know who has the better grasp on it. Yeah. Um, the best I can do is listen. And I'm here listening to not only my friends, but these other musicians that are speaking, you know, and they're speaking through their endorsements mm-hmm. um, and they're telling us why they're voting why they're voting for who they're voting for. Exactly. Um, why they're endorsing who they're endorsing. Why they're opening with a song for this person's rally, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so I think I think musicians, as any artist, belong in political discourse. They belong in that discussion. Um, you know, if anything, just to bring more awareness to everyone. You know, 2016, 2020 have some of the biggest, well, more 2020 than 2016, has the biggest voter turnout in so long Mm -hmm. and i think that lends itself to so many people making it their business to say go vote here's where i stand find where you stand Mm -hmm. go vote you know and at the end of the day no one was saying you know go vote because i know you're gonna vote for biden go vote because i know you're gonna vote for trump everyone's saying go vote 
So they were getting Americans to use the little bit of voice that we yeah. have. And I think that's a super big deal. And I think it's a super big deal for artists in general, especially musicians, because this is a music podcast. We're trying to keep it music-based. <laughs> um, we've gone a little off topic every now and then, but that's essentially what I'm trying to say is, um, you know, musicians and artists belong in politics, just like anyone belongs in that conversation. And, you know, whether it's through their medium, through a protest song or songs that contribute to that um, conversation, whether it's, you know, their own participation or lack thereof um, in protests, et cetera, any kind of movement, and whether it's through their endorsements themselves of just blatantly saying, this is a candidate who I support. Or if you want to be like Kanye West, I am now the candidate that I support. <laughs> um I didn't even want to get into that, which is am, why I didn't. I am the candidate now. I am the candidate now. Um, so, yeah, any last thoughts from my guy over there? Um, I, I I would say that the, the last thing for me, um, and I tend to feel kind of strongly about this, is there's, there's going to be a lot of people, vocal minority of people, that say that uh, they don't want to see, uh, I would use a, a quote that they might see. I don't want to see anyone in the political arena that doesn't belong there. Um, and, and my answer to that is uh, we're not robots. Uh, we're not replicants. And we're not unempathetic husks that, that walk this earth and then expire in 85 years. Um, whether you're a journalist or an athlete, a movie star or an artist, uh, whatever, you have the right to speak up for things you believe in, no matter if they might be controversial to whomever. Um, of course, it's a little different for journalists because of the situation that we're in, but that's a completely different debate yeah. for another day. Yeah, that's a different topic. Um, <laughs> but but the point remains, and and whether it's rap and hip hop, or whether it's it's punk music, or any sort of, of protest, or any sort of protest anthem that's within a certain genre, it's really sort of intrinsically tied into, in many respects the formation of that genre of music and it sort of seeping and intermixing with other uh, genres is very natural um, in the music world. And I think that mm -hmm. it is uh, important from all sides. Yeah. Someone's always going to have a problem with what you have to say. So might as well make might your voice heard. Well just, just say it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So my last thing to do, uh, I'm going to give a quick shout out to a small little rap group. Um, some Ball State students in there. It's called the Bulk Boys. Uh, they just dropped their first like kind of dance club song. It's pretty good. I might be collabing with them some someday <laughs> soon. Hopefully, if I can, you know, we can get our schedules together with COVID and everything. Got to be safe. Got to be safe. Um, but you can go ahead and check them out on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, SoundCloud. That's the Bulk Boys, spelled completely normal for once. Um, bulk <laughs> space boys. Um, but yeah. That's all from me. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Remix. I'll see you next time. As always, I love you. See you later. Bye, guys.